You hear the beats, you hear the sounds. That means this is Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast Week 13 NFL Picks. My name is Sheldon Alexander, back here again with my guy, Mr. Matt Russell, just putting in work. I've got to say, you know, I always talk about it each and every week. When you hit the double digits, when you get to the 10 wins, that's when I'm feeling good. And I've been in Raptor land the last, you know, couple days, like heavy. But I will say, I was looking up. I would see this happen. I'd see that happen. And I'm like, ooh, that looks like a dub. Wait, that looks like a dub too. Wait, hold on. What kind of week's going on here? And then I, and then I get on the Twitter's. And I see my man just handing out props left and right. I'm like, what is what's going on here? But this is what happens because I said it a couple weeks ago. It's crunch time and going to finish strong. And I mean, you've been going strong the whole season. But, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about last week, because on my end yeah. of things, we went 10 and six against Ooh. the spread last week, bringing the total to 91 85 and four as we continue to climb back up, trying to get back to, you know, where we were at the start of the season might not get all the way back there, but that is the goal. It's important to have goals kids, but Mr. Matt Russell, I've talked and rambled enough here to start this pod. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Uh, I appreciate you sort of mentioning that, right? There's always feels like, you know, again, I've been at the score for about three for three. This is my third season at the score. And it seems like every year there's one thing that kind of like just absolutely pops off where, you know, people get really excited about it. And it's kind of against the idea of, you know, responsible betting and like, hey, guys, we're going to kind of move this along here slowly, but steadily. We're going to increase your your bankroll by kind of, you know, hitting hopefully close to 60 percent against the spread. Like, honestly, we're kind of just hoping for like a 56 percenter, but we're up over 60 percent on the best bets this season. The primetime stuff has gone really well. And we were going really kind of up and down with the props, the Sunday props. And then last week, a 10 and 0 hit and people are kind of hitting me. Hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. (laughs) I don't know if I heard that correctly. Say that again for me. So every, I I write it on Saturday and it goes up on Saturday afternoon for Sunday and it's just Sunday's games. And it's the 10 uh, player props that, you know, over the course of what, you know, 12, 13 games kind of pick the best stuff. And we've been up and down, you know, there's, you know, a lot of five and five weeks. There were some seven and three weeks. There were some three and seven weeks. So we were kind of lurking around 500. So you don't really know when it's going to sort of uh, pop off. But yeah, last week we went t- all 10, uh, 10 for 10, 10 and 0 with uh, even a Mike Evans plus 150 anytime touchdown. So actually, you know, a little more than 10 units. But people, you know, message me I'm like, oh, I hit a parlay on all 10 or all nine or <laughs> this or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know who told you to do that, man. But like, that's awesome. What a but, time. <laughs> right? What a it's time. Like, it's like, yeah, like, please stop doing that. And like, take that money mm-hmm. and and just start and honestly use that as a bankroll to bet individually, right? Like <laughs> if you happen to hit one of these, whether it's the you know five for five on a round robin underdog money line parlay that we've hit in years past that kind of got people's attention or this 10 and 0 thing. And it's like, you stop parlaying this stuff, man. Cause we're not, cause you're just going to lose every week. Like if you're parlaying everything and it's, you know, nine and one or eight and two, which like I am thrilled with, cause that's, you know, we're talking five, six, seven units mm-hmm. like, and you're, you're losing. So stop doing that. And so take the opportunity that we had this literal once in a life thing, once in a lifetime thing. Like we have not done it before. We will not do it again. Take that money and then just go, okay, like what is my unit size? 
$10, $20, whatever it happens to be, whatever you put on that parlay in the first place, and then just bet everything going forward individually. You have done it. You have got your little be- like betting nest egg with that kind of crazy hit. Like that's, you know, that's my advice to people because this isn't a situation, as you know, we are not the type that are like, ten and oh, like gonna have all the time. Like that's what we do. Like it's just like it's no the wave, man. It's the wave. Yeah, it's like Enjoy no, you it. know what? We're gonna probably you know, we'll have props for maybe 15 weeks, like right up until kind of Christmas hits. So it means there's gonna be 150, you know, sometimes we do a bonus one, you know, every couple of weeks, depending on sort of what the market sort of you know provides. It's like there's gonna be 150 plays, 160 type plays, right? And it's like we're just trying to go 90 and 70 out mm-hmm. here. Right. And like, so there's just no room for the parlays in that situation. Right. So yeah, just incredibly kind of hot thing. Uh, we were a Zay flowers takeoff from covering on Sunday night and a 59 yard field goal going in from sweeping the best bets board as well. So it was almost just an absolute Epic weekend, uh, which is hilarious because Thanksgiving and black Friday, especially black Friday with an absolute heinous over hitting with the jets and the dolphins, and along with the uh, quarterback, Tim Boyle, going over, I was sitting there on Friday, at, you know, and then eventually Saturday as I'm like in the process of writing the, pro- the player props. I'm just like, what do we got to do out here? Because, you know, we'll get to the Thursday night game here pretty quick. But like Thanksgiving and Black Friday did not go well last week. And so, you know, I just kind of have to remember, like, you know, if you don't love me on my you know, Thanksgiving and Black Friday, you can't love me on my 10 and no props or however that sort of phrasing goes. So um, up and down, man, like you said, the wave football, like we got super football that day. We got super football actually in college football as well with a couple of rough beats to end the regular season. And then you wake up on Sunday and then just everything kind of goes right. Or I shouldn't say everything goes right because I just mentioned two like pretty heinous beats on the Bills money line and uh, and the Chargers plus four, plus three and a half. So, you know, it's just, it's always lurking around the corner, both good and bad. So you just got to take it, you know, in stride. I hear you. I hear you. So huge shouts to a big, nice week 12. Let's try to keep the good times rolling in week 13. And as a wise man once said, you got to know when to hold them. (laughs) Sorry, never mind. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to do it. Anyways. We will get to Thursday night football before I like just make a bigger clown of myself here. But start with Thursday night football. We got the Seahawks. We got the Cowboys. Cowboys, because they just keep beating up on squads, sitting at a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to ask the same question I asked last week, which, you know, in that Thanksgiving game, it was the Cowboys were taking on the Commanders. We talked about the Commanders comparing them to the other crap teams that the Cowboys beat up on because the Cowboys just beat up on crap teams. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, are the Seahawks a crap team? Because I, I'm looking at it and it's nine and a half, which isn't quite 10, but I'm still like, I feel like the Seahawks are functional or they prove to be functional and shouldn't just be rolled over here. Am I yeah. wrong for being on the Seahawks plus nine and a half? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's a kind of a pretty obvious theoretical buy low, sell high, mm-hmm. right? And it's just the problem is, and we've talked about this before with the Cowboys. I think we probably talked about it last week, probably the week before that. It's like if you're high on the Cowboys when they were rated lower, as I was, as I was accumulating all kinds of Cowboys positions over the course of the season, which we had talked about since our pre, you know, our season preview episode where it was like CD lamb, Dak Prescott, like let's grab those guys for, yep. for uh, awards and, uh, and, and league leader type type markets. 
And then you've seen over the course of these last three weeks where they've played these bad teams and them racking up these stats. And now the talk shows, right, the talking head shows are like, is Dak the MVP? Is Dak the best quarterback in the league? Is, you know, this, that, or whatever. As we watch some of these other high-profile quarterbacks play in these high-profile games, you know, and like we talked about with Kansas City and, and Philadelphia, you're watching these games, you're in the third quarter, and you're like, are these guys the MVP of the league? Like, I, you know, <laughs> and then like, by the way, like Jalen Hurts is like plus 150 to be the MVP, and you know they're a 59 yard field goal away from like him i don't want to say being like disqualified from it but like being kind of out of that mix mm-hmm. and then you know maybe josh allen is all of a sudden like in that mix right because the cha- you know, everything is so like razor thin here yeah and so the point is is like all of those all of the equity that we have in those markets with cd lamb and dak prescott and the cowboys like they have as predicted like gotten a lot better over the course of the last three weeks. And so like, it's very easy to sit back, watch this game, not even have a bet on it and just be like Dak and CD, like cook, like just go, you know, and like just sit back, watch and hope they like pound the the, the Seahawks. Or maybe it's just a high scoring back and forth type of a game. You know, I think a lot of people this week are kind of quoting like Geno Smith against man coverage and like how that just generally is like a really bad scene, especially with the way the Cowboys turn the ball over. And, you know, people don't really want anything to do with the Seahawks. But this number hasn't really hit 10, right? Like it, it moved from seven was the look ahead line. It's easy to look back at that um, from last Thursday, back-to-back games, watching the Cowboys, you know, blow out a team and the Seahawks get blown out and see how that goes from a seven that was available for, you know, obviously it's small limits to nine and a half and be like, yeah, okay, well, it's a two and a half point move off of last week's game. Mm-hmm. But it's also just, you know, again, how many times do you have to watch the Cowboys just beat up on a team? So no, I don't think the Seahawks are as bad as those other teams, but they're also not, you know what, 18 point underdogs the way the Giants were, uh, 10 and a half point underdogs yeah. at home or 11 point underdogs at home. It's just nine and a half. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? So, like, that, the adjustment is there. But that being said, like, to get to nine and a half, like, the Cowboys rating has to get up there pretty high. It's now technically higher than the Eagles. It's really only behind San Francisco and Kansas City at this price. And but that's, that's my point. Week, right. That's next week, Cowboys Eagles. Cowboys Eagles, where I'm just going to be backing a Brinks truck up to bet on the Cowboys. But and like, but that's Woo! the point, right? So, so like that's the thing where it's like, yeah, they are the third rated team in the league, but like we also kind of thought they had that in them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, I don't I'm not dying to fade the Cowboys here. So, you know, I think the I, thing for me is there's some plus tens available, like minus 118. That's where I want to get in on it. I, you know, I wrote for the score this week, my article, you know, basically kind of talking about how like if you've been on, if you've been with us up to this point, like you probably have enough invested in the Cowboys to sit back and enjoy, or hopefully enjoy a Cowboys, you know, quote unquote blowout, or or at least a high scoring game where they get a lot of yardage and, and that sort of thing, and the, and the MVP, you know, thing kind of keeps rolling, and that's just kind of how I prefer to to sort of watch this game. So I will have a small bet on the Seahawks just because I again like that's what we do here, right? We look at the rating, we see that the the Seahawks have been dipped below uh you know 50 in there you know 50 out of 100 obviously 50 being dead average they've dipped below that so that's the buy low element to this right yeah. a couple of weeks ago if you'd said oh seahawks and cowboys on a thursday night we'd be like oh that's a pretty good game like two playoff teams and yada 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 right so you know there is that element to it but it's just like you know it's hard because it's not this isn't a team that we've been down on that have had three straight you know really good games against bad opponents and bust you know boosted their rating this is a team that like we expect to play well going forward and we expect to win next week when it really really matters yeah and there is a there is a world where thursday night game 
with the big boy Eagles matchup next week where it's like, we just can win this game and go home happy winning by a touchdown and everybody goes home happy. Right. Well, the look ahead line for that game is minus two and a half for the Cowboys. So if we get that, it is, it is on, as they say, like where's the sort of, where's that game in Dallas? Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Things are going to get weird in the accounts next week. (laughs) Tune in next week for the follow-up. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. I mean, you might not have to, because that's going to be the only game that matters next week. Spoiler like alert. alert. That's the only game that matters next week. Sure, a bunch of other teams play, but yeah. Well, speaking of, well, I'll say, yeah, the, the pick remains on Seattle plus nine and a half. But as you talk about games that matter this week, we got a banger here. Niners in the aforementioned Eagles. Eagles at home as three-point underdogs. And listen, I'm a Niners fan, so I'm going to admit my bias here right up off the front end here. The Eagles, though, I don't know if I saw enough from them against the Buffalo Bills that showed me that they are the same team as they were last year. I feel like they've had a string of... If a play just goes one one way or the next, wow. do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they lose two that. games in a row, basically. Yeah. And three games at some point, three. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean? Like if uh, Gabe Davis goes the you know goes in instead of going out. I mean that's that's what people you know people mention that, but it's like a fifty nine yard field goal in the rain where he also hit true. like this like squeezy cut four iron like through the uprights from like a mile away. One and of the like, rare times where I'm like, yeah, you know what, kicker, get your celebration on. You knock yeah. out one of those helmet get your off, celly on, pants <laughs> off, like whatever you want to do, man. Like I don't even like. It, and listen, I again, I was sitting there like I said, plus three and a half on, with the, the bills, but so like same, same, I, same. We're hanging on for dear life in overtime, but like I also have Bill's money line, and that would end. Ended up cashing for us in the in the round robin under like underdog money line parlay because the bears ended up winning the next night and so it's mm-hmm. like yeah like if you put that if we put us in a position where a guy needs to make a 59 yarder in the rain like i'm gonna feel really really good about it and yeah like i thought it go in. for sure you know I, I gotta be honest i thought there's no chance he's hitting this yeah and then he, he nailed yeah. it but going into this week against the Niners, this is interesting right because you mentioned about sure. the look ahead next week against the Cowboys the Eagles have been getting a lot of breaks the last couple of weeks. And at some point doesn't don't things have to like swing back the other way. Do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know three points, three point favorites on the road is tough, right? It's not something that I'm normally leaning to do here, but yeah. at three, I can comfortably say, you know, I sit back. I think the Niners will be ready for this game. They're locked in for this game. Shanahan's going to come up with all the plays he couldn't use last year when he had to use Christian McCaffrey as running back or Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw as quarterback. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Give me the Niners minus three. So, I mean, you can get, it depends on sort of what side you want, right? Because like the best price at plus three is minus 115 and then get some minus two and a half at around like minus 118. Obviously with the key number of three, you know, again, your accounting doesn't, you know, involve juice, right? So it's yeah, like, yeah. you're welcome to just take the Niners minus two and a half at minus 118. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason that you should have, you know, demand that the Niners win this by 
Let's right. go. And yeah. honestly, once we get closer to the game time, it seems like Lane Johnson is going to be ruled in, which I think is part of the reason that this might have been driven all the way up to three because this line opened around Pickham. The look ahead was actually like Eagles minus one. And so at Eagles minus one, I was sitting there going like, you know, I can't wait for next week. Even before we get to the Eagles-Dallas game, we're going to be on San Francisco at that price. So, you know, it opens it, you know, kind of pick them with maybe a little bit. I think it was like minus 115 money line on the Eagles, or excuse me, on the 49ers. I bet that. And then it gets up to three. And I'm just like, I'm looking at like from a ratings perspective and like a point spread creation perspective. I'm like, I can't, I can't get to three. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, like there's, there's downgrading the Eagles, mm-hmm. but like. Yeah, how no, far you. you know yeah. what i mean like for yeah. for what reason like constantly winning games which like you know fundamentally as we try to handicap this you know the sport like you have to look beyond the idea of winning and losing but like there is value especially in sort of closely lined games here to the ability to like just hang in there because mm-hmm. like josh allen was on one on sunday like he was the <laughs> best john josh allen is looking like maybe in his entire life yeah. And it's just like, yeah, the Eagles are just like hanging around, hanging around. They obviously get that like one interception that like probably turned the game. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point, man. Like the Eagles just keep malingering. So the problem for me in this game is like, I like the, 40, the, the idea of the 49ers. I'm right there with you as far as like, I'm not that quote unquote afraid of the Eagles home field advantage because they probably should have lost the game to the Cowboys. They probably, they definitely should have lost that game to the Bills. And obviously they played in close games with like the commanders and they lost to the jets and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like, this is a team that probably should be around seven and four, maybe, you know, maybe eight and three, something along those lines. But it's like everything I do about betting is like value and like being on the right side of the percentages and all of that kind of thing. So I'm sitting here looking at like a plus three, like yeah. if this gets to like a reasonable, reasonably priced plus three, which it did very briefly this week at minus, I think, you know, one ten or one fifteen. I have to double check to see what I bet it at because I did bet the Eagles. I bet back on the Eagles at plus three, mm-hmm. right? So I've got a position on the 49ers pick them. I got Eagles plus three for very small amounts, right? So I still have an opportunity here at larger amounts to go with one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And I just keep you know going back and thinking like there's a lot that the 49ers can do to take advantage of the Eagles, especially like their defense, right? Like what's the Eagles um, weakness, right? Their linebacking core because they don't invest in it because it's like, the most sort of replaceable thing on defense, right? It's the running back position of, of the defense. Well, like that's going to be a problem against George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, right? Like Correct. this is, this is not, you know, the bills where it's like, they're constantly trying to throw the ball to digs and, and on the outside and using and Josh Allen's arm strength and all that sort of thing. But like 49ers will just, as you know, will just like kill you in small amounts. Right. And mm-hmm. the, and the small amounts turn into medium sized amounts because of the way that, you know, Shanahan runs that offense and all of the misdirection and all of that kind of thing. So I just look at that and then I'm like the same stuff that we had problems with with regards to the Eagles, why we liked the bills last week, which I think maybe a lot of people were sitting and going like the bills, like you guys have been down on the bills all season. Like we made so much money fading the bills and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but like, I'm still not stoked about the Eagles. So like, why would all of a sudden in this sort of rematch situation for the 49ers, would they have, you know, obviously a, sh- a long week having played on Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. fully healthy, undefeated with all of their dudes. It's like, I get why this is the case, right? Yeah. It makes sense just from like a on the field situation, even if I can't from a ratings numbers perspective, drop the Eagles down to the point because I'm at my limit with the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are at a point where like anything higher than the 79 out of, out of a hundred is like historically great team. And maybe mm-hmm. that ends up being the case. And maybe that's how we got to this number 
And honestly, if they win convincingly against the Eagles, like then we have to start having that conversation that like, oh, it's a, it was a weird blip that they lost three games in a row because of circumstance, injuries, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But full bore here, this Niners team is an absolute wagon. And so now it's like, well, when is the when is the opportunity for us to ever get minus two and a half on a, on a 49ers team? Like yeah. when when is that ever going to come up again? Right? Like just probably isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, well, like why wouldn't you just take the really, really good team here against a team that has some holes in it? Obviously, we mentioned last week Dallas Goddard not being around is like somewhat problematic. And again, we're still not seeing a ton of running from Jalen Hurts or at least explosiveness from Jalen Hurts. So I don't have a problem with the 49ers here. I certainly would prefer my I'd pay the extra couple of bucks here at like minus 118, even up to minus 120 for the two and a half. But I think the two and a half kind of comes back more sort of naturally over the course of the weekend here. So I think you'll be able to get like a reasonably priced minus two and a half on San Francisco. Okay. Okay. I like, I like, I like that a lot. Let's keep it moving here. We got the lions at the saints lions, four and a half point road favorites here at the saints. And I had to look twice to be like, wait, I'm actually on the lines here. It's tough. And I'm remind I'm reminding myself of, Although the Lions lost me a lot of money on yeah. Thanksgiving, just starting Thanksgiving just on a terrible note, and then yeah. had the audacity to drag out Jack Harlow at halftime to just even more be to just make me more mad and yeah. be like, what's going on in this game? But I realized and I learned, and one of the lessons is I'm not gonna be too swayed, I'm not gonna be too angry the following week. And then I'm gonna bring up stick sticking with rapping here. What was Jameis doing to Derek Carr? I just don't understand. I need an explanation. I need a backstory of Jameis rapping to Derek Carr. I need more information on what Derek Carr's reaction was to Jameis's raps. Was he rapping along as well? I say all of this to say I I can't ride with the Saints. I, I, I hate the four and a half. I don't like it. It's no. in the Vegas zone. I know I probably should be taking the Saints plus the points. But I'm just not. I think the lesson has to be given to this Lions team. Much like San Francisco, as you just mentioned, they obviously have a long week because they've had a lot of time to think about what happened to the Packers. So I don't like it, but I'm on Detroit minus four and a half. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) tough for me. You watch, let me put it this way. You watch the Bears on Monday night. Yeah. Right, we were on the Bears, we were on the Bears money line, we we're on the Bears, you know, plus points, all that, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you just go like, "That was a trash game." Too. That was a trash game, and Justin Fields like refused to throw the ball like further than two yards down the field, right? Um, but like a week before, mm-hmm. it was a sling festival for Justin Fields against the Lions defense. Yeah. Then four days later, it was a sling festival for Jordan Love against the Lions defense. And it's just like, I think because of the, like the Dan Campbell thing, which by the way, like it is asinine that he is the heavy favorite for coach of the year this year. It makes no sense. He just, you know what I mean? They just, I mean, listen, they almost lost to the bears. They just got smoked in, in essentially prime time, the primest of all the times Thanksgiving. And it's just like, yeah, plus plus one seventy, plus one fifty for coach of the year. It's like for what, like winning the division, they were favored to win the division in and like, the the what they'll probably finish what 12 and 5 may i mean maybe they run the table the rest of the way but it's like a 12 and 5 record for a team that like was what 9 and 8 or whatever it was last year like it doesn't make any sense anyway total um total digression there um 
so the point is, is like this Lions defense, like not good, man. And so the issue with the Saints, right, is and they, you know, they're peppering Derek Derek Carr with questions about their red zone conversion rate, which like didn't exist. He threw a pick six in the red zone. Taysom Hill fumbled in the red zone. Otherwise, the Saints like almost definitely win the game against the Falcons. Like that was an absolute donation giveaway. But like that's kind of what the Saints do, right? But then every once in a while, the Saints like go on the road, beat the Colts or smoke the Patriots or whatever. And you're just like, you know, like the Saints aren't that bad. So is this going to be a situation where it's like, oh, Saints aren't that bad. Like home game, they move the ball finally against, you know, against the, uh, against the Lions, who I kind of have, you know, they're rated certainly higher than the Jaguars, but like, I kind of have them pretty comparable to the Jags where it's like, yeah, they're involved. You know, these teams are going to be in the playoffs. Like they are going to win their division, pretty kind of scumpy division to be completely honest. But it's like, I don't think that really all that much of them, you know, from like a contending type situation. Like I don't put them on the big boy tier. Right. And it's like saints, probably i mean listen maybe they should have beat the jags you know they got obviously a little bit confused on that thursday night game when trevor lawrence allegedly had a knee injury but was like running like a gazelle through the secondary but like they came down to a drop pass you know foster moreau at the end from forcing overtime in that game and so i look at it that way where it's like okay the comparable game in this situation here is that jags game the jags defense was way better in that game against the saints than i think the lions are going to be in this game so mm-hmm. I just kind of look at this going like nobody's going to like the Saints here. But normally the reason we don't like the Saints is like they're favored by like seven and a half points against anybody. Or they're like favored on the road against the Vikings or, or this team or that team. We don't we haven't had underdog by like a decent chunk here. Yeah. Saints, against again, by the way, like a team that will give it up from an offensive standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just think like this probably feels like another close game. Maybe the Lions pull it out late. But, like, the way Jared Goff is not protecting the football, I mean, that was the case against the Bears. We're like, oh, can't be that bad. Cannot be that bad. And then we watched the game against the Packers. And it's like, oh, it's actually, like, worse. And the fourth down plays that, like, that Campbell was kind of, you know, again, oh. maybe that's why he was the coach, coach of the year favorite. Those fourth down plays that were, like, constantly getting converted over the last, like, year, basically the last calendar year, like those dried right up against the Packers, right? And you see how it's like a terrible the, play calls. That that right, uh, yeah. fake punt was just a horrible call. Like, what are you doing? And it's uh, like, yeah, when that goes against you, right? Like some of the tarnish or some of the the shine wears off, and that gets a little bit tarnishy. And mm-hmm. like that's just variance, right? And we talk about that with other coaches who go for it and fourth down a lot. Like you're gonna look like a genius when it works, but when it doesn't work, you're putting yourself in a really really tough spot. And they don't have the defense to kind of you know, make up for that. So I think this is going to be actually like a pretty close game. I think the number is as high as it is. Cause to be honest with you, I would expect it to be a little bit lower. It's because the saints have gotten a pretty significant downgrade in part, because we're not sure how many receivers they're necessarily going to have in this game. But if like the lions are such that like just dudes are going to be wide open, you know, receivers is a pretty replicable, you know, replaceable type of uh, position. Right. So I don't think that's going to matter as much you might just get a ton of alvin Kamara, oh you know yeah. in the secondary potentially who knows yeah. but you know I, again i think the saints are just going to probably play that grimy type of game they're going to kick you a lot of field goals you know they're going to be up for a smash mouth type situation maybe a lot of taste mail maybe hangs on to the ball because again that fumble was a killer too 
in that game because if the Saints take the lead in that game or, or get that to a close game, like Desmond Ritter was going to quote unquote take over in a negative way. And again, then we probably have a completely different view, but this is another buy low situation where the Saints are as rated as low as they have been all season long. No, I hear you. I, I, I see you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're not doing it. I'm a week away from like just being really, really, really mad at the lines. I'm just trying to not overreact to last week. And I really dislike Jack Harlow, but <laughs> he might be the new, is he the new Drake? Because he like, there's he, a way I could go with this conversation that I don't think is for this. In pod. the span of three <laughs> days last week, yeah. he, he took out the lions on mm-hmm. Thursday and then he mm-hmm. took out uh, Louisville on uh, on yeah. Saturday in their mm-hmm. rivalry game against Kentucky, Louisville would have had you know at least sort of a malingering outside chance at the you know if there was complete chaos this Saturday for mm-hmm. for a playoff spot because they would have been potentially they would have been eleven and one going into a, the game with Florida State this week, but now they're just now they're merely spoilers because Jack Harlow was sitting like cross legged on the ledge in the end zone as Kentucky was just pouring touchdowns in right in Jack Harlow's face, like literally pointing at Jack Harlow with like the L's down move. And it's just like Jack Harlow might be a problem here for teams. So yeah, it might be the new Drake, just, just absolute jinxing the bleep out of stuff. Drake didn't mush the raps last night. Okay. Raps got a win. He against the Suns. The damage he was in the dropped. he was in the locker room after the game, like in the huddle of like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, again, as I said, I could take this conversation a whole different way about Jack Harlow being an industry plant, but that's a whole other topic for <laughs> another made day. up. Yeah. Right. He's not a real person. No. Like that that it's performance big. was straight AI, right? Like <laughs> His AI there's, rap. There's more real stuff on Dolly Parton than there is on Jack Harlow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And okay. see. Here we go. That's my way of saying I'm hesitating on the Detroit Lions minus four and a half. On to the Broncos. Broncos at the Texans. Texans at home in three and a half point favorites. Going against. My Texans, and I'm saying my Texans because, you know, I feel like I have a soft spot for Texans at this point, you know? And my guy, D'Amico, obviously I keep bringing, it ba- bringing them back to San Fran. And Russ. You the Jags last week, though, with me? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. And I'm, I'm saying, like, this is hurting my feelings, though. Like, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough removing the emotions. This is yeah. what I learned on the pod, to remove the emotions from it. Right. Right? That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You're That's all I'm saying. Have gone well. <clears throat> this week, it's mm-hmm. even tougher for me because obviously Russ, like we've been on Russ cooking, right? And I, I understand that. And I'm doing, I'm saying Russ cooking facetiously, obviously. Yeah, well, because we had he wasn't he didn't even remember to take the thing out of the the freezer last week, <laughs> exactly. right? He's not cooking. It's just like, but like Sierra's like, hey, could we? Yeah, we get a meal we, going. He's like, can what? You like thaw out the turkey at least, yeah, bro. Well, like, what are you lunges. doing? Um, but yeah, the three and a half points here. I just I have a tough time with the Texans at over a field goal. That feels like a little too much for me here. The Broncos, as listen, go back in the files. This run was was called by someone else on this pod here, and now you're getting three and a half points on the road against a team that is good. 
but we're seeing still a little loose at the end here. You know, might have a little trouble putting teams away here. So give me the Broncos plus the three and a half points. Yeah, because the thing with Stroud, right, is like the throws are all sick, right? They're mm-hmm. all awesome. They're the sacks are prominent though as well, right? There's a yeah. lot of sort of you know crushing sacks, and they just lost one of their best offensive linemen this past mm-hmm. week for the season, right? Which is a thing that like not a lot of people are going to talk about. But when we're matching up against a defense that is like designed at this point to create turnovers, like the Broncos basically decided two things, and they're they're they, they equate. One, Russ, you cannot turn the ball over. I don't care what you do. Just don't turn the ball over. Stop, and you watch him, stop exiting to the side because you can't laterally outrun anybody and you're not completing any passes if if you exit the pocket to the left or right. Like, it just isn't happening. They're basically said to him, you have to go forwards. If you need to bail out of the pocket, go forwards. If that means run and slide for, like, no gain or two yards, do it a lot of times guess what happens a guy kind of pops open oftentimes you know running back javante williams or 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 p ryan pops open and he does the little shuffle you know a little little quick toss to somebody right but he's moving forward right and he's not going sideways the fumbles aren't happening he's not forcing the ball down the field which can be infuriating when you're watching the game because it's like all designed to keep the game close right Mm -hmm. don't turn the ball over because our defense is going to turn the ball over from the opponent when they have sort of a sketchy quarterback, which by the way, is a really good strategy when you look around the league and you go, man, everybody's quarterback is sketchy. And like CJ Stroud is going to be a really good quarterback. He is a really good quarterback right now, but like he does get confused because he is a rookie and like, and Vance Joseph can confuse him in this game. And so you're right about the concept of like the Texans being this team that like, they are a little bit out of, you know, out of position here. Like this is, imagine this, put it this way. This is about a point and a half difference from where they were two weeks ago against the Cardinals. <laughs> imagine comparing the Broncos to the Cardinals, right? Yeah. Now, right. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. The Broncos are so much better. This edition, this team that's won five straight, this team that is defensively now built to turn the other team over. Like, it's not, it's like, people keep talking about like, turnover you know regression because it's like i think the ratio is like 15 to 2 16 to 2 something like that over the course of this winning streak it's like yeah or like you met you go up you keep going up against quarterbacks who are going to turn the ball over and you have you know a tight a good defense that has a plan like yeah you're gonna be in a lot of games so like i hope the broncos win this Explain Sorry. to me why the opposite the opposite doesn't count. Like if you weren't getting turnovers before, but then you are getting turnovers, where's the term for that? <laughs> right? Like doesn't the math math that way too? Right. It's like, yeah, when people are not forcing turnovers, they're like, well, they can't force turnovers. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I that sucks. Like I wouldn't want that to be the case. Like I'd rather be the, uh, like the team that's constantly forcing turnovers. And also too, to your point and a point that you've made a couple weeks back as well was just about how they've added in new guys. Like new guys are playing on that defense and getting well, yeah. a lot more time on their defense. So how can you equate what was happening earlier on to the same math that's happening yeah. now? Yeah, and I and I think we've gotten to the point through this five game win streak where people are like, okay, no, like the defense is not the same. But mm-hmm. the problem is they're they're assuming that these turnovers that have that have been created can't be can't keep going. 
That's like, well, if you're coaching, if you've coached yeah. a veteran quarterback to literally just don't bleep it up, and you have like a bona fide defensive coordinator who's like gotten head coaching jobs because his teams, his defenses were good enough and at especially particularly forcing turnovers. And by the way, you have the talent of, of guys like Patrick Sertain and some of these other players that they have pop, you know, popped in, right? We talk about like Jaquan McMillian and stuff and guys like that. And it's like, yeah, why would I, ex why wouldn't I expect them to keep sort of turning teams over? Mm -hmm. And this defense is different than the, than a defense that they faced against the Cardinals, the defense that the, that the Texans faced against like the Buccaneers and stuff like that. So it's like, I think this game is going to kind of be like the game that the Broncos want to play, which is that like 17, 14, 20 to 17 type of a game here. Mm -hmm. But because people are so like into the Texans and just them sort of conceptually, and they're more fun to watch then I think that's why this number has gotten kind of the, you know, where it has been because we talked about the rating for the Texans, like getting blowing through 45 out of a hundred, which is kind of where we had them capped. Cause we we're like, how could this team be sort of, a, you know, an average team? Mm -hmm. And like, they are right to the point of like an, a league average team. And it's like, man, close games with the Cardinals and the Buccaneers and, you know, and these are home games, right? Yeah. And like a Bengals team that was like, you know, honestly looks, more and more like it was Joe Burrow and kind of nothing else and not to besmirch the good name of Jamar Chase who's obviously sick, but like um, not literally like he's awesome. Um, you know, it's like, holy, like I, I'd like you to, you know, we talked, that's why we were on the Jags last week and that got way closer than it needed to be. But it's like, yeah, cause I don't, I'm still waiting for like the Texans to kind of blow somebody out, win by margin. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think the Broncos are that team because the way that they have sort of figured this thing out as far as like, you know what, look around the league, man. If you don't screw stuff up, the other team is going to screw stuff up yep. and you can take advantage of that. And so like, this just might be a situation where I've decided basically the rest of the year, I'm betting on the Broncos every single week <laughs> until somebody tells me that like their rating yeah. has gotten like completely off, off the rails. Mm-hmm. And that just hasn't happened. They are still rated a below average team. And I just don't think because they're not flashy and it's like, well, they don't run the ball into the end zone. They don't throw the ball in the end zone. Like, how do they ever get into the end zone? I was like, I don't even really know. But it's like, they're not flashy. And so people aren't going to give them any kind of credit here. And this isn't like, this isn't like an Eagles situation where it's like some of the parts is better than the individual parts. It's like, hmm. you know, it kind of is though, right? Like, it's like, yeah, they're, they're probably a better than average team, even though nothing, you know, on the team, like gets you all that excited, but like guys are balling, man. Like the throw that Wilson made to the tight end, uh, Troutman, and he stayed in bounds and like Sutton, you know, on a lot of these contested balls and stuff like, you know, I think it's a pretty decent team. And as long as they're being rated on, you know, below average, like I'm going to just keep on betting the Broncos and like, you know, maybe end up in a ditch somewhere, but that certainly hasn't been the case over the last five weeks where we've been on top of this Broncos thing from the jump. I got to be Sean honest Payne with you. Sean, sorry, Sean Payne went from 151, 150 to 1 for Coach of the Year when we mentioned it three weeks ago. He's now like 12 to 1. Yeah. And by the way, the favorite in that market is a complete fraudulent situation. So it's it's in play. And by the way, those teams also play each other coming up very soon. So Let's go. Yeah. I like that. I definitely like that for sure. Uh, let's keep it moving with the Browns at the Rams. Rams at home, another three and a half point spread and another three and a half point spread that I'm looking at and thinking, hold on here. What, what I, 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 I find this really tough. That's just what I'm saying here. Just the wait. Rams. Huh? Just sorry? wait. Just wait until we talk about this game. But sorry, I got so excited. Just go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Finish your thought. Who do you, you felt this way about PJ Walker coming back, man? Um, but no, that's the problem. No. This is yeah, we'll get there. 
all I'm saying here is I need some explanation on this line because I understand what's going on with the Browns, right? The Browns are struggling at the quarterback position to like have a quarterback play the position for longer than two weeks. Um, But the Rams at the same time, the Rams are like sneaky, like in the mix here. Yeah. Right. And, and, at the start of the year, people were talking about fade the Rams. The Rams are going to be like, are they trying to get Caleb Williams? Like all this stuff going on. And here they are. And we're in week. What is this? 13. 13 yeah. And they're three and a half point favorites. Like I'm kind of surprised here. What What's going on? So they were five and a half point favorites when this line opened up because the, the sort of thing was that, you know, Miles Garrett was in a sling after the game against the Broncos, right? Oh, we have that on tape now. It's not going to come out. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to come out. We definitively have that on tape. (laughs) Just making sure. It was pretty clear. Um, But then they went and they, you know, gave it a look and they're like, actually, it's day to day and like could play this weekend. You're like, Okay, I bet on the I bet on that I bet on the Browns at five and a half because I was with you. I was like, how can we be this far um, off? Because I'm like, I just I can't get there with uh, with my numbers or my ratings um, or the mm. estimated ratings so far. But you, the deeper you look into the Browns, right? Again, for all of the excitement that, that people had over the defense, if you go through the games and the circumstances for the first like six seven games where they built up all of this sort of reputation. There's a lot of very kind of cushy type of, a, you know, matchups, right? And obviously a lot of those are happening at home, especially when the weather gets colder mm-hmm. and the numbers get, you know, pretty good against, you know, because they, they face the 49ers and they don't get absolutely, you know, destroyed by them where most teams would, and that would affect their numbers, right? So it's like a lot of these circumstances for the Browns have made their, their defensive uh, reputation. But do you actually watch them play? It's like they give up a lot of big runs, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, they get gashed on the ground a fair amount. And so like I could see that with the return of Kyron Williams uh, last week and and how how much he matters. Like there's a bunch of players and I kind of want to do this like, I don't know if it's a decent concept or not because it's kind of un, um, you know unmeasurable. Okay. And we hate to kind of do that. But like I want to do this concept where it's like every team's like most important player that like no one effect- factors into the point spread. And like Kyron Williams might be that dude for the Rams, right? Because mm-hmm. he kind of opens up a lot more stuff for Matthew Stafford and the offense in general. That being said, it was against the Cardinals. So like who really knows? But like in the past, like that's been the case. The difference between like the Rams and a team like the Texans where but coming into the season, as you mentioned, nobody really liked the Rams is that. It was like, well, you know, Matthew Stafford, like hurt, could be hurt. Obviously, the, you know, um, Cooper Cup situation with him being hurt. It's like, come on, man. Like, and obviously, basically, those two and Aaron Donald being the only kind of reputable names, right? Well, all of a sudden, like, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua start contributing, and we see that Kyron Williams is, is an important sort of player here. The offensive line getting a little bit better, gelling. You know, it's not where it was when, like, Todd Gurley was running amok, necessarily. And, like, by the way, like, Sean McDay- McVay has done actually a pretty nice job here and is kind of a low-key, like, if they end up making the playoffs, like, latent coach of the year type of candidate. They do have kind of a bunch of tough games, obviously, coming down the stretch, so I'm not necessarily expecting that. But the NFC and honestly, the AFC, like you look at all the teams in the wild card and it's like, it's a grim, grim group, right? The wild card round in the NFL this year is going to be rough seen from a point spread or competitive nature standpoint. So this number has fallen back down to three and a half because, you know, Garrett seems to be okay. Where people think this seems to be going as the looming re-entry of Joe Flacco back in our lives this week is nutty to me 
You mentioned PJ Walker. He's not, he's, uh, you know, he's basically, you know, out of the mix. Um, DTR got absolutely destroyed in that game against the Broncos. Yeah. Completely legal hit, got literally got flagged because it was too good of a hit. <laughs> um, we haven't really seen anybody, you know, Brock Purdy sort of did like come out of like a concussion protocol and play later that, um, you know, the following week. Mm-hmm. So the expectation it seems like is that Joe Flacco, like, you know, straight out of coach on the air, you know, airplane. Joe uh, Flacco. It, yeah. Is going to be involved. And like, I decided a long time ago, or at least <laughs> I'd like to think that I decided a long time ago that if Joe Flacco was going to be involved in a football game, I was going to bet against Joe Flacco. <laughs> but people seem to think that the line's going to drop to three. If Joe Flacco plays like that's the, Oh, that's the like pulse of like how people feel about like PJ Walker and DTR, which I think right now are kind of rated about the same. And it's like, you guys are nuts. If you think like Joe Flacco is a good thing. Now, again, I might be like way, way off and like the Browns might win this game outright and all that kind of stuff. And listen, like if there's, it's a matter of turnovers and, you know, high leverage plays going the wrong way, like anything is possible. Yeah. I just look at this going like, all right, I'll sit around and I'll wait for this minus three. That's allegedly going to pop up. And then I will come back hard on the Rams over the top of that original position at plus five and a half mm-hmm. that I had on the Browns. So like, that's how I'm playing this. Wait and see who the quarterback is. See if for some reason, the involvement of Joe Flacco, you know, means that we're taking money here on the Browns and we can get this down to minus three, but like, yeah, I like the Rams here. Like, Again, this is just me not wanting anything to do and actually being kind of excited about betting against Joe Flacco in the year 2023, which is like such a crazy sentence to say. Like, I can't even believe we're here, but here we are. I'm going to say this while I'm literally changing the pick live on live to tape on the pod. But how Cleveland Browns is it that you're going to sign the artist formerly known as Deshaun Watson? And then end up going through DTR right. to PJ Walker, right. back to Deshaun, back to PJ Walker, back to DTR, <laughs> and then now to Joe Flacco. And pretty much the entire time, we've been told that it doesn't matter who's their quarterback. <laughs> like there hasn't been that varying of a difference between. You're right. Starting. Like how insane is that? That is actual insanity. Yeah. Like I'm I not saying there's not a difference at all, but like no. it's marginal where you wouldn't think that would be the case going from all four of those dudes. Yeah. We've talked about the Br- the Browns rating and like trying to get it figured out with all of the machinations of the quarterback being in and out. And I've like, I have a note that says Deshaun Watson was sort of 50, you know, had them, rated at 51 out of a hundred, which is like obviously you know pretty dead nuts average. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's the note for next year, right? Where it's like when we're having this conversation and Deshaun Watson's actually playing and we, okay, how do we rate the Browns? How do we rate the Browns? We go, well, when he was in, they were rated around like, you know, a little bit above average. Of course, they will probably be rated well above average next year because whatever reason people are every year trying to make the Browns a thing, right? It is fetch They're Keep, you know, stop trying to make the Browns a thing even though you know we trash the browns but like they're sitting here at seven and four and like in a relatively like cozy spot but that's kind of the mix that's the kind of the point right where you're looking at this going like how are the rams favored you know the rams at four and eight or five and eight or whatever four five and seven whatever they are right now right like 
they're facing off against a seven win team and they're the team that's favored by not only three points, but like over three points. And so like, it's a little bit like the San Francisco Philadelphia thing where people are like the Eagles are underdogs at home. And it's like, yeah, you know, as well as I do, like we like our underdogs that are underdogs. Right. And like when a team is good and they're, you know, 10 and one or whatever the Eagles are not to go back to that game. But like when that happens, it's like, yeah, man, there's probably a reason that team is an underdog. Like, you know, the odds makers don't just like hand out 10 and one teams as, as, you know, two and a half, three point home underdogs and like think they're going to get away with it. Right. Like there has to be something to that. So this is kind of like the homeless man's version of that, where it's like, you can look at this and being like seven and four, you know, Browns, I don't care who's there. And Joe Flacco, he's won a Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's been a long time since Joe Flacco is a guy I was interested in betting on. So anyway. Totally fair. And you can only do the Flacco specials every so often, right? Um, that's his lasting legacy, the Flacco special. Um, Colts at the Titans. If you don't know what the Flacco special is, by the way, like that's just throw it to your offense for pass interference. Exactly. Uh, Colts minus one at the Titans. I'm on the Titans here. This, although, just seems like the prototypical NFL mid off. Like yeah, just two totally. mid teams, yeah. <laughs> just like which mid-goal. sums up a lot of the teams in the NFL. But it's like, all right, cool. Like, how much am I supposed to have on this game? I'm on the Titans here just because I think I enjoy betting on the Titans more than I do the Colts. That's pretty much it. Like sometimes you see the Colts team that shows up and Gardner Minshew's like doing stuff and they're yeah. running the ball, and I'm like, okay, sure, Colts. Today you decided to show up, and then on the flip side. You got the Titans, and hey, they looked good last week for us. You know, like I, I felt good about the Titans last week. So who knows? I can take a point. Cool. Yeah. It's basically a pick them though, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. I, so think about the Titans last week, right? They were, a, they were a significant <laughs> bet for me. We talked about it. Uh, it's like, when are we going to get a chance to bet, like, mm-hmm. you know, bet against the Panthers at around, you know, a field goal. Like mm-hmm. it would have been cool to have minus three, but like, didn't really matter. I'm watching that game and I'm watching that game very closely contest <laughs> circa contest pick for us. You know, that, that matters the most to me. Yep. And I'm sitting there going like, if this is any other team. The Titans are not winning this game. <laughs> And, and, and that was honestly, that was part of the play, right? It was like, it was a lot less about the Titans. It was more about like, okay, well, the Titans are at home. It's been three straight row games, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like this should be their quote unquote best effort. There's a lot more against the, uh, you know, being about being against the Panthers. And it's like, yeah, probably should have been against the Panthers. They were literally minutes away from firing the coach, right? Like if we can do one thing in our lives, it's bet against the team the week before they fire their head coach. Like yeah. that's the goal. You can in our see lives. that one coming. And we're going to try to catch one of those, by the way, here shortly. I um, know what you're going to see. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you'd probably, and it's disgusting, but we're, we're doing it. Um, so, so I'm like, okay, any other, so I'm like next, I'm like, if we can just, you know, make and bargaining like if we can just get through this like i promise i'll never bet against the titans again um and then we get this and it's like well who are they playing next week it's like oh the colts and you're like oh god really because it is that situation where they're not going to be able to run the football against the titans everybody can throw the ball against the titans the panthers are actually only able to like move the ball because their receivers just decided to make some sick contested catches like there was yeah. three or four of them it was just like since when are the panthers making these types of catches but anyway <laughs> and so 
I just look at it and go like, well, the Colts aren't going to stop the Titans run game. So it's going to be a situation where like, what's more reliable to you? The Titans moving the ball on the ground against the Colts run defense that are, that is one game away from getting their, um, you know, one of their best run stopping defensive tackles back next week. Mm -hmm. who is out on a, you know, uh, a PED suspension. It's like, you know, what do you trust more the Titans to be able to run the football or Gardner Minshew to be able to take advantage of the Titans pass defense. And if then it's like, Oh man, is my lean here? The Colts lean predicated on Gardner Minshew playing well on the road. And it's just like, man, I think it's a lot easier. Just hand the ball off to, <laughs> to, to <laughs> Henry and Ty J Spears than it is to like hope that, that Gardner Minshew is, you know, is vibing on a, in a road game. So I have drifted from the idea of like, okay, I'm going to bet the Colts. I'm going to like, like them in contests and all that kind of thing to like, Oh God, maybe it is the Titans. <laughs> You know, and so that's so this game I hate because it's like I'm dying to fade the Colts. I was done, but I'm also even more dying to fade the Titans here. Not yeah. here, I should say, like in life. Um, and both of those things, the backing the, the Colts when they get their, you know, when they get better run defense, which honestly should happen next week on the road against Cincinnati. I think that's a way more interesting spot here so i kind of actually want the titans now to win this game so that we get a better price on the colts next week on the road against cincinnati maybe even like an underdog type price so that's kind of where i've ended up landing with this game where it's like maybe you just don't have a bet on the side here and you're just kind of hoping that the titans trick enough people that when they win this game maybe the price for the dolphins next week because the titans go and visit the dolphins next i mean imagine the dolphins pass offense against the titans pass defense in miami on a sunday night right If we can, if the Titans win this game and we can get that number under 10, where it's like, oh, you know, Mike Frabel underdog, like we get that whole song and dance for a week mm-hmm. and we get minus nine and a half on the, on the dolphins next week, it's 11 and a half look headline. That's a pretty, you know, far way to kind of go here. Like to me, that's, that's kind of the best case scenario for us here is that we just kind of leave this game alone and hope the Titans win and kind of, you know, messes with the market here a little bit for next week. So that maybe outside of the Eagles Dallas game, we do have a couple other bets next week. I will say, you know, speaking of games that should leave alone, I feel like there's a lot of those on the board this week. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Chargers as five and a half point favorites on the road against the Patriots. I stared at this for a very long time because like, hold on. What is like the NFL is a weird scene right now. There's just a lot of stuff going and you got to take the step back. And I'm like, yeah, the Patriots are down bad. They lost to Tommy DeVito bad. Yeah. Like that's a different level of bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm here for the Tommy DeVito family. Like, I think that's all jokes. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm, I like the vibes. I'm down with the vibes. Sure. But like Bill Belichick losing to Tommy DeVito. Like, do you remember the years and years and years of cash being made on Bill Belichick, just devouring rookie quarterbacks. Right. And like, it's true. It's just a weird seed. I don't know what's going on, but that's how we get to this line of five and a half the Patriots being a home underdogs to a team that I mean I don't know if you're talking about this coach maybe getting fired but either way I say all that and I'm still on the Chargers like I just can't have parts of the Patriots right now under any circumstances and I know I shouldn't say nope. that because that's not a 
a thing to to do gambling wise. Yeah. When you're losing to Tommy DeVito, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> well, we talked about it, right? It was a very clutch loss from a yeah. from a draft position standpoint. I'm like, we were on. By the way, we were on this last week, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We were, yeah, yeah they along with the Bears and you know, shout yeah, out yeah. again to the Bills, where that that was the three legs that that should have cashed mm-hmm. um, for the round robin underdog money line parlay because it was like, yeah, I think both these teams don't really have any interest in winning from an organizational standpoint mm-hmm. and like if you told me like years from now we found out that what is his name connor ryland or whatever the kicker is his name is for the patriots if he has like you know there's a there's a, a million dollar check or, or, or like a, a, a briefcase full of cash yeah. from uh from robert Kraft somewhere for him missing yeah. that kick like would not be surprised whatsoever so Kraft what i'm definitely get say, his son to handle that he wouldn't do that himself yeah that's oh i mean yeah there's son or like yeah, some nephew, like a cousin Greg type situation. <laughs> That's a cousin Greg job if there ever was one. Definitely. So it's easy to look back and be like, hey, didn't you guys say like the Patriots are going to be like, you know, quite obviously trying to lose the rest of the season? And like, I would say to you, like, I still somewhat believe that. Mm-hmm. That being said, <laughs> the Chargers are dead. I know. Absolutely dead. Like, they. All right, let's do it. Let's do this. Get the clip ready. The clutch uh, points people like I want this. I want this out when when this happens. <laughs> Patriots are going to win this game outright. And Brandon Staley is going to get fired on the tarmac on the way back to Los Angeles. Like wow. we are going to find out that Brandon Staley gets fired on like from your from your girl Maria Taylor on Sunday night football, like the pregame show. Like that is going to have happened by the time it's like Jason Garrett is going to be the first one to weigh in on this situation. He's probably going to try to angle for the job to be completely honest with you, but that's, what's going to happen here because like the chargers, we know about the chargers defense. They kind of like put everything out onto the table there on that Sunday night game. That was like, well, maybe if we win this game, like the AFC is such a dumpster fire. Like we can get and keep malingering here. It's like, no, they're out. Staley is, you know, yelling at, at reporters like it's just it has all the makings right it is the exact same situation of like the frank reich scenario the um uh, raiders uh, mcdaniels like all mm-hmm. of these circumstances right like it's over it's over for the staley thing right it was cool he, w- when he started he was going for it on fourth downs there was a fourth and one in like the third quarter of that game where they were down i think they were down two scores at the time where like he just he didn't even go for it and it's like at that point you don't even trust your own offense because part of the whole thing with the fourth down stuff was like, well, I don't trust my defense. I trust my offense. What's left to trust? Because, yeah, they held up pretty well against the Ravens, but that defense wasn't doing, you know, that wasn't the the Chargers defense that we see, you know, on most weeks. And, like, I don't care if Bailey Zappi or, you know, Malik Cunningham or me or you are playing quarterback. Like, whoever is getting the reps leading up to this game, like, I think they can have success with some really basic stuff. Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. The Chargers are, like, fourth worst in the league at defending tight ends. Like, let's put a bunch of tight ends out on the field, right? Like, do the easy stuff. Don't do the Mac Jones, like, mega turnover thing. And as much as they have lost all of these games, all of these games are close. It's a lot of three-point losses, right? Whether it's the Colts game in Germany, you know, in the games before that. And obviously, this, to me, sets up a lot like right down to the point spread, the sort of vibe within the team, right down to, like, the Bills game from a few weeks ago when we called the Patriots to win that game outright as well. So I think this is Belichick over Staley. I'm into that. 
we got Keenan Allen, who's just banged up beyond belief. Obviously, there's a shoulder injury. He's got a quad situation, which I think you saw him get drilled on Sunday night right in the quad. And you're like, wow, he might not even make it out of this game alive. And it's like, yeah, I think Bill Belichick is going to take away Keenan Allen. And then you're left with a bunch of guys who honestly like are just not good, right? Jalen Guyton, not good. Yeah. You know, uh, Obviously, Quentin Johnson gets a lot of like flack. He's just not good. Right. And Austin Eckler not moving all that quick. We're not getting like that, you know, Austin Eckler by the goal line type situation here. So this Patriots team, while kind of stinky, like the defense is pretty good. And like this game is probably going to go under. I, you know, me, I atrocious at, from a luck perspective with unders. If it wasn't evident between the Jets and Dolphins on Friday, like we can have the best bet on the planet and still somehow lose when it comes to a total. But like, how is this game not like super grimy, 17 13, 17 14 type of thing? Yeah. And like, if they just don't turn the ball over here, I think the Patriots can get a couple of touchdowns and I'm not convinced that the chargers can. And so speaking of other, you know, comparative games, and this is going to be a weird one because we lost, but like, how is this any different from the bet that I would make a million times over and over and over again? And that's the chargers and the jets from a couple of weeks ago. Right. It's like, okay, you know what? If the chargers get a punt return touchdown and recover all of the fumbles in the world, then yeah, they're probably going to win and cover this game. But like, if I'm not getting a second chance at betting that situation, I'm getting a second chance at betting like, a situation very similar to it here. So yeah, I think the Patriots just beat, you know, don't do much, but they beat a really just dead charger team and Staley, like they don't even let them on the plane. I mean, like maybe they let them on the plane, but like we're talking about a 10 AM, you know, uh, Pacific time zone. You know, there's a lot that can happen in the, you know, when you've got a full day after they lose this game at one, uh, 1 PM, Pacific Standard Time. They're gonna have a lot of time to fire this clown, and uh, yeah, it's it's time for him to go. Yeah, no, I totally got you. Uh, the pick has been changed to New England plus five and a half. The Chargers. Yeah, it's it's funny because in my notes it said, uh, you know, Chargers favored by five and a half, primed in the Vegas zone. The Pats are bad, like losing the to Tommy DeVito bad, but the Chargers are the Chargers. They're just dead. They're just, they are just <laughs> D-E-D dead, right? And and on and it should be worth men. It is worth mentioning that this line was plus six, yeah. right? And so it has been bet off a you know moderate, moderately key number in favor of the Patriots. And that's not yeah. that's not public money like just pouring in on the Pats, right? Like that is that is some professional opinion making right there um, on this game. And so I don't know that the five and a half are even going to matter. So, you know, plus six plus five and a half, whatever you want here. I think anything, my personal number, I don't know from a estimated rating perspective, I have four and a half. I kind of think that's where it closes. It's not a far trek from five and a half to four and a half. So I think by Sunday, that's where it closes. That's what I think the, that was the market projection for me. And, you know, again, I, I, I don't know if I can go far enough down with the chargers. They aren't being rated that low. They haven't been like knocked into the below average team category, but like, what else do you have to see? The record's below average. The defense is below average. The offense is below average. Everything about this team is below average. Like, why aren't they being rated below average? Whereas, by the way, like the Patriots are like at the absolute bottom of the market. And well, they should be because of the, the, the Tommy DeVito situation from last week. But it's like, that's a buy signal, right? For, yeah. for again, a home team that, listen, they at least... The rest, of, other than the kicker, the rest of the guys were at least trying out there. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, we know that there's still a guy trying to come back to play quarterback for this team, but still an interesting case nonetheless with the Jets, who are three-point underdogs at home to the Falcons. How bad 
are the Jets with your man's boil at QB to cause the Falcons as three-point road favorites. <laughs> yeah. This is just a world that I cannot participate in. I would like to think that – I know last week we talked about and you sw- you got me to switch to the Miami Dolphins, and it was totally based off of Boyle just not being ready. I mean, ready is like a compliment. Good. I oh, I, I, I – You know I'm what I mean? Aware. So now a week later, I'm <laughs> sitting here, and, and it says plus three, and – this is just everything about this game feels gross. Everything about like these last like three or four games feels gross. If I'm being honest. And yeah, I mean, I'm on the points here, but it's, I don't know what to do here. It's like really the Falcons on the road, like three point favorites on the road. It just seems so tough, but again, yeah. it's your man's boil. Which way am I supposed to go here? Well, so there's going to be some circumstances here and we're right kind of in that meaty part of the curve from a like futures positions standpoint right where like week 17 18 a lot of this stuff is kind of too late yeah um certainly when it comes to the thing that i'm about to talk about here Uh there (laughs) and like you know up until this point it's kind of too early to like not bet a game because of this circumstance and you know obviously talked about a little bit with the cowboys where it's like you know seahawks are probably the number that i'm supposed to bet but you know if i have a position on the cowboys let's just sit back and enjoy the game tonight this is a situation where I am anti-Falcons over the course of the season. But because the Buccaneers and the Saints, like, can't do it, right? They can't just grab the ball and run with it. Yeah. You know, the the, the Falcons keep lingering. I am also pro Aaron Rodgers coming back for financial purposes only. I watched him, you know, they they sent the the practice video out there. And for me, like, I was thinking about you with, uh, you know, Puff Daddy all up in the videos. I was thinking, you know, I had like, yep. what's it, Mace? Like, if I can't do it, homie, it mm-hmm. can't be done. Or is that, that's 50 no, cent? That's 50 cent, 50. Yes. Um, So Mace would be bad, 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 bad right. boy. <laughs> Make right. me feel so that's good. Right. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to get into bad boy, uh, a bad boy uh, uh, artist in there somewhere. So I look at it and I'm just like, I really want the Jets to win a game here so that they can motivate okay, okay. the return of Aaron Rodgers, right? It's like, I don't need the Jets to make the playoffs, right? Like, people are like, hey, would you bet Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to make the playoffs? Because, like, if he returns, like, no, no, no. I just need the man to play. So I'm going to need a couple of wins here in this three-week window. And, like, if the Falcons aren't one of those teams that could lose at the Jets, like, I don't know who is, right? Yeah. So I said... That being said, like, am I looking to bet on Tim Boyle? Like, the answer obviously is no, right? So it's like maybe the Falcons at winning this game is just an absolute free space, like a bingo free space that at minus 150 on the money line, you're just supposed to bet, take your money, and, like, move on to the next thing. But, like, I don't want the Falcons to win this game. And, like, I also don't really want to bet the Falcons on the road here. And I don't yeah. want to lay minus 150 on the money line. I don't want to lay minus three either for them to do it, even if it is, even if it ends up being sort of the free space here. So, yeah, Tim Boyle stinks. I don't want to bet on him. I'm just going to sit back, never probably watch this game, and then hope somebody tells me hours later. Obviously, I'm kidding. Yeah. Probably watch an alarming amount of this game because I have five screens going. But, like, I just want to, I'm just going to be like, yeah, please Jets just win. I don't know how you're going to do it. Just, I hope you do somehow, some way. Listen, if you could beat the Eagles at home with Zach Wilson, you can beat the Falcons at home with Tim Boyle. Like, sure. Maybe. Right. It's just like, come on, get one or two more wins here. So that Raj comes back and it's a nice little Christmas present. We win comeback player of the year at 50 to one or better. And you know, Christmas is paid for. 
Nothing wrong with that. Never Doesn't mean I have to watch the game, though. <laughs> also true. Um, I mean, this game I might watch, although who knows how that'll turn out. We got the yeah. Cardinals at the Steelers. Steelers at home is five and a half point favorites. The Steelers, they're plugging along somehow, just getting it done with their sputtering offense. I find it tough to lay five and a half points with the Steelers, although it's just a weird number to me, and that's why I'm on the cards. I don't even think the Cardinals are good. I just think that, you know, you got Kyler running around there. Maybe he can just keep it close. Like my ask isn't a lot here, or I don't feel like my ask is a lot trying to keep up with that Steelers offense. Yeah. So it's open six. And I was like, Steelers by six against anybody, you know, our favorite line, right? Like are, are the Cardinals anyone? Yes. The Cardinals are anyone. And it's like, okay. So I bet the Cardinals plus six. Then you think about the game and like you start getting injury reports and that sort of thing, right? And so the Cardinals injury reports getting a little dicey on it from an offensive perspective. And the key member there, you know, this would be the member of the, you know, players that matter that aren't going to be reflected in the point spread. And that's Trey McBride, the tight end. Okay. We've talked about him a little bit, I think, before, and we've certainly bet him in the prop market um, through, you know, my writings over at the score. And he's been banged up. And, you know, listen, this is Thursday morning that we're doing this podcast. So Wednesday, he didn't practice. People will say, and I will be the one, first one to say, like Wednesday practice reports do not matter basically ever in the season, but certainly not come late November, December. Yeah. But most of the time, that's a veteran sort of day type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Trey McBride's in his second season. He's not, you know, this isn't a veteran day type, you know, deal. He needs to be in, you know, he needs to be practicing. This is the Cardinals, right? They all need to be practicing, even if obviously some of the guys, you know, might need a veteran day on, on a Wednesday. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. Um, yeah. This this is usually a really kind of an obviously bad spot to bet on the Steelers where you're laying points in a non-rivalry type of a game where they, you know, oftentimes don't really kind of show up. Mm-hmm. That being said, like the quote-unquote inspiration of, and just the general on-field efficiency increase of firing Matt Canada, right? Like go down the line here, right? Every time somebody gets fired, like the other, the team gets better the next week. Yeah. It's so, you know, right? Like Bills, fire the OC, boom, they're better. Um, obviously, Raiders, you know, firing McDaniels, they get better. So the Steelers get their first 400-yard game, right? And again, you might blame that on this the Bengals' defense, but that Bengals' defense was the same defense that held up pretty nicely against the Bills a couple of weeks before that. So, you know, it's not like, you know, maybe the Bengals' defense isn't all that bad. Maybe the Steelers are actually doing something functionally. You can be, as we just talked about with regards to, like, the Rams and some of these other teams that have played the Cardinals, like, doesn't take all that much to be functional against the Cardinals defense. Mm-hmm. And so back home, you know, with again, the new coordinator still very much again, they get that win against the, the Bengals. And it's like, I kind of I really like my positions on the Steelers to make the playoffs. It's like, yeah, they're gonna, this is again, this is the type of game that maybe if you, you would kick this away, if you were in a, you know, in the past, if you're the Steelers, a Steelers team that like wins the division, the Ben Roethlisberger era. And you're like, how did the Steelers lose that game? And now they're going to have to go to new England to face the Patriots in the AFC championship game, right? Like they would kind of kick that game away. But like, this is the, this is not the worst team in the league, I guess at the Cardinals, but certainly one of the worst teams in the league. And this is a, a Steelers team that like, Still should be pretty locked in, whether it's to sort of spite Matt Canada or to like keep piling up victories. Mm-hmm. And again, situation where like how many times are we going to get to fade the Cardinals here at under a touchdown? And like, yeah, probably missed out an opportunity last week with regards to the Rams, or at least getting you know significant money down on the Rams last week. So yeah, I just I 
I, again, like I said, I'm all, I have the Cardinals plus six, so I'm with you in that way. It's just that might turn into a, a Steelers bet here by Friday once we get sort of like practice reports and sort of a better understanding of like what the Steelers are offensively and what they're able to do at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. That's definitely going to be an interesting one to follow along with that line, much like this one is as well as I take a look at here. And I'm seeing that you got the Dolphins nine and a half point favorites in Washington versus the Commanders. All I can think about is the commanders and their Thanksgiving loss, right? And the lack of anything that they showed there. Yeah. So I'm looking at my screen here and wondering why I'm on the commanders to do anything here against the Dolphins. Do the Dolphins have the same smoke for the commanders as the Cowboys would? Because I feel like it's, you know, nine and a half points. I should, I feel like I should be on the commanders, but the flip side is, Sometimes the Dolphins offense looks like world beaters and other times they just look like, okay, they're all right, but it's not the same oomph that they had at the start of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot of tough ones like this is, you know, home underdog situation, right? Where it's like, God, I I bet a little at 10. So it's come off of 10, or at least there was some decently, you know, again, early week pricing uh, on Washington plus 10. I felt like I was kind of like something of an obligation. Mm-hmm. Just the type of thing where you look at the, where you look at Washington and it's just kind of, there's possibility that that game in Seattle where they lose it, you know, kind of right at the end mm-hmm. was their last stand as far as like, Hey, we can still do it without the, like the, you know, the two guys that they traded right from the def- on the defensive line, sweat and young because they make those they make those moves and then they go and they win on the road against the Patriots but it's like again you know how much credit are we giving anybody for winning on the road against the Patriots then they play that close game against Seattle and it's like yo they're fine they're fine like they you know they are a team that we can you know sort of trust and then they get in that weird situation where they are the team that was nine and a half point favorites at home and that's obviously Giants related, right? But it's it is funny within two weeks that they go from nine and a half point favorites to nine and a half point underdogs in this NFL that is you know allegedly full of parity. They lose that game outright, turn a ball over a million times. They get absolutely trucked by Dallas, and obviously Miami like does a lot of similar things to Dallas. Now Miami lost Jalen Phillips last week, right? And so there's you know on the offensive line is pretty banged up. So you sit there, you and you know, as you mentioned, right? Sometimes the Dolphins, and, and honestly, it's a play to play to play basis where it's like Tyreek Hill, fifty-five yard touchdown. Like this team's so you know so good, and then you look and you're like, oh, they haven't really scored that many points over the you know, and they struggle a little bit against certainly more than a little bit against the Jets there. Obviously, getting that crazy uh, hail mary touchdown. So I, I'm with you where it's like I guess it's a small bet on Washington, but like. If you told me that Washington never won another game the rest of the season and like completely were kind of done and like Ron Rivera ended up getting fired, probably not, he's probably not a mid-season fire. I think people have more respect for Ron Rivera than that, but I think he, this is probably his, you know, last year. Like, why bring him back for yet another, um, yet another go around? So yeah, like this is definitely not like an excited I'm on the underdog type situation because we get into this part of the the season and this is worth mentioning as a whole, right? You want to be on a lot of underdogs to start the season, right? Because as much as we tell ourselves during the course of the summertime, I know this team is this and this team is that and blah, 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 blah. All right. You want to be on the, on underdogs because we don't, 
We think we do, but we don't, right? And so you get a lot of those big prices because a lot of that is based on assumption. In the middle of the season, you want to be on a fair amount of underdogs because we have a very small sample size and we get obsessed with the idea of through five, six weeks, some team being this, when the reality is like, no, it was just five or six games. We are now hitting the point of the year where we know who everybody is. The bad teams are very much likely to just check out on the season, whether it's trading players or whatever. And like favorites are going to cover a lot more in the back end of this season. Because again, you're not getting the same energy and effort out of an underdog because at this point in the season, they're an underdog for a reason. And it's probably because they're three and eight <laughs> and they don't, you know, and it's just like, they hate the coach. They don't believe in the plays. The plays aren't working, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, this is, this is scary, but I've got a tiny bet on Washington. Washington, Washington, Washington. Uh, lots of talk there. Ron Rivera might be good knowing you, my dude. Um, Panthers at the bucks bucks at home is five point favorites. And, there's, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm on the Bucks, but the reason I'm on the Bucks is just because it's Panthers. Yeah, I'm on the Panthers because it's minus five on the Bucks, right? Like, point spread is the great equalizer. I was hoping that some, there was some six available. Um, thought we might get a little bit better at, at that point. I think what's happened here is a couple of different things. I think there's a very good chance the Panthers get a lot of their defenders, their injured defenders oh. back, especially in the secondary. Uh, JC Horn being sort of the one that kind of been, everybody been hoping for in the last couple of weeks. Um, if you can get him back, if you get a couple of these guys back, then Mike Evans, you know, doesn't run amok. Uh, particularly deep, particularly in the red zone, which is unfortunate for those of us who have Mike Evans to lead the league in touchdowns, mm -hmm. um, pass, uh, receiving touchdowns. That has, again, another thing that's equity has gotten considerably better in the last couple of weeks. Um, but your man's, you know, where are you on your guy Baker here? Baker as a favorite of like almost a touchdown. Uh, you know, you can call it the like coach bounce, right? The fire, the coach bounce here. You can, but like there's going, you know, we always talk about like, okay, are things changing? And it is, you know, offensive coordinator gets fired. It's like, is that going to get, is that going to change? They fired like three different guys, right? It wasn't <laughs> just Frank Reich. Like, Duke Staley went, like this, this other dude got fired. And like Jim Caldwell is now kind of in the mix. And I think that's a guy that a lot of people have respect for in the league and think probably should have gotten a, a third coaching opportunity. And listen, I don't love, you know, this, we were literally bet on the Titans because they were facing the Panthers last week. But like the Panthers play pretty good defense. They can run the ball when they're not running it with Miles Sanders. And again, that's probably why Deuce Staley got fired because he kept putting Miles Sanders out there and Miles Sanders stinks. So like, and by the way, like the Buccaneers defense isn't any good. Like we just watched them get trucked pretty significantly. Like I was on Buccaneers teaser last week at plus eight and a half, as we talked about. Dude, like that was dicey against the Colts. Like Buccaneers Colts shouldn't be a close game. And it ended up being a one score game. So we got out of there alive. But it was like, man, you're really going to lose by double digits to the Colts here. So it's like, what, why are the, why am I so like afraid of the Buccaneers? This is, this has like three point game written all over it. Another kind of grimy NFL under, you know, 17 to 16 type of deal here. You know, this is a Bucks team that let the Falcons beat them in Tampa Bay when all that the Falcons wanted to do and Desmond Ritter wanted to do was fumble the ball on the one yard line. I think the Panthers can do a little bit better than that and keep this game close and maybe potentially win. Sounds super interesting. The pick has been changed to the Panthers plus 
five. And worth um, mentioning just real quick is like, again, you have to remember with the Panthers, like they are trying to win these games. Like as an organization, they do not have their pick, right? They do not want to be the team that traded the first overall pick in, you know, for the following season. Mm -hmm. It's just, they are doing everything they can here to get a couple of victories. And if at the end of the season, you look back and saw home victory against the Texans, which again, still sounds crazy that that was their one win. And like road win against Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay ends up finishing, you know, five and 12. It's not going to be all that insane that we look back and go, yeah, the three and 14 Panthers won this game, this game, and this game. It's like, you know, they're not beating the 49ers here. This is the Bucks. Come on. No, I got you. I got you. Um, Sunday night football. We got the Chiefs at the Packers. Chiefs laying six points on the road. Much like I said about the Lions earlier on, I'm not being swayed by what I saw on Thanksgiving. Not that I think that the Chiefs are this like world-beating team, but the Packers, I definitely like am not being swayed by them. They've been frauds for the how many uh, weeks before this Thanksgiving game, and maybe they just got hyped up, you know, for some like Black Friday sales or something. I don't know what got into the Packers last week, or maybe what got into Jared Goff to make him fumble the game away early. Story for another day. Either way, Chiefs at less than a touchdown. I know six points is a lot on the road, but mm -hmm. I mean, if you guys know me, the Chiefs laying less than a touchdown. Gonna, it's not going to stop you from laying it with the Chiefs. I think you're in trouble here, man. I think this is going to be that deal where it's like Chiefs win the game, but it's like, yeah. yeah, they're bleeding the clock out late. And you're like, oh, man, they didn't cover. It's like, well, they could have kicked a field goal, but they went for it on fourth down or something like that. And by the way, like you, you did some nice slandering there of the Packers. Like three wins in their last four games. Like, okay, some Rams in there. There was some luck against the Chargers, that sort of thing. I thought they Some luck. Who was the guy that got cut on the Rams? Uh, Ripping. Well, what do you mean he got cut? Like, no, like, like yeah, he, he's he's Stafford got hurt, and he and then and Rippin Rippin played, sure, sure, and sure. then played against the Packers. The Packers beat them, and then he Rippin got cut. Yeah, because he's not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But to say that the Packers would would lose that game if Stafford plays, I'm just also, I'm not saying also a bit of a leap too. I'm right? just saying they barely beat Brett Rippin. They won twenty to three in that game. We gotta Brett give them. A, we got. We got. I'm not giving them credit for gotta, beating Brett. Rippin. We gotta give them. We got. You gotta get in the NFL, and it's whether it's the Cowboys beating up on these bad teams, right? It's like you gotta give them some credit for doing the thing you're supposed to do. Like I know sure. Chris Rock would be like, you're not supposed to get credit for the things you're supposed to do. Like the, these are all still <laughs> NFL professional players, right? Correct. So the thing with the with the Packers here is like, when did we decide that they were frauds when did we decide that they weren't frauds right like what like how have we felt about the packers over the course of the season because when we went into the season we looked at what aaron Rodgers did with the packers last year and we we're like that's pretty easy to re replace right like his numbers were not good his rating was bad all of that sort of stuff and we go okay like jordan love could replace him then jordan love doesn't play great he actually plays okay for the first couple of games. They get, you know, they pull out some victories. They, uh, you know, unfortunately lost that week two game against the Falcons. And then we see them on primetime against the Lions, a much more buttoned up, ready to go, like finished product or close to finished product. And they get smoked and we go, okay, like the Packers aren't it. Then we see them lose close games to the Raiders, the Broncos. And at the time we think the Broncos, we don't realize that the Broncos in week seven are the, on the start of a run. Right. We just think of like, oh, my God, you lost to the team who gave up 70 points. It's like, well, no, you lost to the team that was about to go on a five game 
winning streak. And you did so on the road in a two-point loss, right? So, like, that starts to look not all that bad. They lose to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins gets gets hurt, but, like, Kirk Cousins was playing really good football at that time. He had just beaten your San Francisco 49ers. And then they, you know, now we're, like, eight, nine weeks into the season, and Jordan Love's first season as a starting quarterback, and you look at the numbers, all of the metrics in basically say for the be- the second half of this start of the season, that Jordan Love is like in the top 10, close to the top five of quarterbacks in the NFL. And now you might say, like, look around at the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. How good, you know, how good do you really need to be to be in the top five there? But like, that doesn't really matter, man. Like, he's playing really good football. He is he is throwing the ball deep. He is throwing the ball deep successfully, which a lot of quarterbacks, as the aforementioned Russell Wilson, some of these other guys, aren't even doing. But he's yeah. doing it well. They're get you know they've gotten healthier on defense. There's still a lot of you know red letters next to some guys' names on the depth chart. But I, but I heard an interview with Rashawn Gary this week where he was talking about like yeah life's a lot easier when you have the guys behind us covering those rece- you know receivers and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like man Rashawn Gary thinks really highly of his of the of his teammates on defense like. Mm-hmm. Man, if he thinks that highly of them, like I should probably think a little bit more highly of them than than I do. And listen, Jerry Alexander's a really good player when he's healthy, et cetera, et cetera. So if those things, if those guys can get better, now you've got this Kansas City team on the road that like was a missed field goal, of course, indoors, because you know, God forbid a guy make an indoor field goal while I'm watching a guy make a 59 yarder in the rain. But like we were this close to a 17 point lead from the Raiders last week, which would have been significant to some out there. But the point is, is like whether it's the second halves of just not scoring that the Chiefs have done, or this first half where they could have been down 17 nothing at the Raiders, who I think are just a worse version of the Packers, right? Like Jordan Love, better than Aiden O'Connell. Rashawn Gary, like comparable to Max Crosby. The defense in general in Green Bay, better than the Raiders' defense overall. And like, you know, some of the parts type situation here with the Packers, where if they're the team that we thought they might be at the start of the season, it just took them seven or eight weeks. Then they are an underdog worth backing. Like, you know, when we talk about which underdogs should we be betting on this, you know, at this part of the season, it's the teams that think they have a chance to make the playoffs and beating Detroit on the road. Like if you can do that and do that and do that comfortably, you can, you know, for lack of a better sort of comparison, you can lose close to the Chiefs. And so this line has, you know, started at seven, like was, you know, at seven very briefly, spent a little time at six and a half, now down to six. I think it's actually on its way to five and a half in the same way that the Patriots and uh, and Chargers line is. Okay. I think the Packers, on a, you know, Sunday night, you can do the whole like Lambo thing, blah, blah, blah. And listen, Mahomes probably pulls this out some way, somehow. Yeah. But it's kind of a sleepy spot for, you know, Mahomes too, where it's like road game against a non-conference team after playing a bunch of, you know, division game and the Eagles game and all that kind of stuff. I think I think the Packers have a chance to pull off the upset here. And I think this is going to be a close game. And and again, like I said, probably one that the Chiefs pull out, but I think you have to have a little bit on the Packers money line here on the idea that like, yeah, maybe they are the team we thought they were going to be. It's just taken a few more weeks totally yeah. understandably by the way for jordan love and this group to kind of figure out what they are capable of doing i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you should be an interesting one for sure on sunday night football i will be there celebrating a niners victory from earlier on in the day Whoa. um <laughs> monday night football let's close it out here we got the Bengals at the jags jags at eight point favorites not really something I want to be a part of. Um, I totally get it. I understand it. I get that they're playing better. 
but I, I can't imagine myself laying eight points with the Jags. Give me the, the points with the Bengals here. That's the thing, right? Because you look and you watch that Bengals game last week and everybody will tell you about how like their only offense or their best offense was on deflected passes that like found their way into Jamar Chase's hands. And it's like, mm. the assumption is, is like, well, they're not going to get that this week. So they're not going to like move the ball at all. It's like, well, they could just do other stuff. Like, yeah. you know, especially with another week and a, and a, and a start under, uh, under Browning's belt. Yeah, There's some yeah. plus eight and a half that are pretty widely available. Mm-hmm. It seems to me from just kind of listening year on the ground here that people like the Jags and the idea that they're just going to blow out the Bengals. But like, when does that ever happen? Right? I mean, like the bank, you know, finally we had a Jags like blowing out, you know, was Gardner Minshew and the Colts a few weeks back. So like, maybe it's like now the Jags are starting to like be able to do that. So I'm a little bit worried from that perspective. So, you know, I'm sort of tap dancing a little bit here because I don't, I'm going to have to look a little bit more into what I think I can expect from the Bengals to like actually put forth a plus eight and a half. And by the way, like maybe people are so jazzed about the Jags that like we get to a point where it's like Jags minus 10 or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as with most Monday games, you know, the ones that I don't necessarily love, 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 where I'll come on and say like Broncos money line against the Bills or something along those lines. This is one that I'm going to have to kind of get back to the wait and you know, see the public, if you will, on uh, on Monday when I write my article about who, to, what to bet, and uh, and 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 which side we like. Yeah, and speaking of, where can the good people find this said articles? <laughs> yeah, so we got over at the score. Everything that I write over is at the score on the betting tab. Um, not hard to find under you know the main page. You'll see a little betting tab there. Everything NFL, college football. Sunday's going to be a busy day because we're going to be trying to watch these games, trying to sweat this to within an inch of our lives. We've got to find five winners somewhere for uh, the Circa Million contest. Um, and while I'm doing that, guess what's going to happen? We're going to get like 40 some odd bowl lines, bowl matchups, and then subsequently bowl lines that we're going to try to get down on as, as quickly as possible on Sunday and Sunday night. So um, told the wife to clear clear the house or, <laughs> or it's going to be mayhem um, on for me on Sunday and we need as yeah. few distractions as possible because, uh, yeah, we're going to have a ton of bowl, bowl content going forward, um, but it all starts on Sunday with those matchups. So, oh, and I, you know, you, you did a nice job of, of hyping me with regards to the 10 and 0 player props. Uh, just remember, everybody, we're headed right back to 5 and 5 this week, but <laughs> hopefully over the course of the season, with not that much time left to bet on player props um, reliably, hopefully we can stay above 500. And just continue to ride the wave, as I always say. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to people liking and following this pod wherever you're listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for blessing us with a like, a share, a retweet, whatever all that fun stuff is. We appreciate that. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.